Hey Valley family, welcome to the big finale of our series. This is week number four uh, in our series called Winning the War in Your Mind. And this is based on the book uh, by Pastor Craig Groeschel. Man, I hope you've picked up your copy. If not, get it today uh, on our notes section, the sermon notes section on our website. There's a link. You can just scroll down to that and, and click on that link and order it right off of Amazon. But such a phenomenal book. We've heard so much great feedback and response from this series and really just kind of scratching the surface uh, of all the material that's in here, uh, all the insight uh, and empowering just scripture and and, uh, tools that we can use. So we want to just put this in your hands. Go ahead and buy that, uh, and you'll be able to look back on this for for years to come. We've heard some small groups are going to be forming, uh, studying this book in our next session of Valley Groups, so really can't recommend it highly enough to you. Thank you for joining us on the online campus and uh, let us know where you're joining us from because it's not just, uh, you know, Hudson Valley here. We have folks joining from all over states, all over the country, even foreign countries as well. So just put that in the chat. Let us know where you're joining us from uh, for this finale today. And what I want to talk about is calm my anxious mind. Talk a little bit about anxiety today. And, and, you know, it's so easy to worry and it's amazing how our worries, our anxiety kind of take on life of their own. You know, maybe, maybe you're in grade school right now and, and uh, or our high school and you're worried about making bad grades because if you make bad grades you know then you're not going to be able to get into the college that you want and then if you're not in the college you want you're not going to get the job that you want and, and then if you don't get the job you want you're probably not going to end up married to the right person and if you're not married to the right person you're probably going to have some really just crazy off-the-wall kids and who knows maybe their teeth are going to be crooked and they're going to need braces but you can't afford braces uh, because you don't have the right job because you're not married to the right person because you didn't go to the right college because you didn't make good grades in high school and so what's going to happen you're going to end up choosing a life of crime instead and then you're going to end up in prison and it's just really a big big headache and oh by the way I have a headache maybe I have a brain tumor this is the way that our minds tend to go just crazy off the wall with worry and anxiety uh, and, and And yet the Bible speaks to it. God says that's not what he wants for you. That's not what he wants for me as well. And so we have to learn how to really calm our anxious minds. And we're going to look at some tools to do that during our time together today. Uh, I want to start out by looking at a passage, again, that Paul wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God's whispering in his ear. So it's not his opinions. It's really God's word. And it brings life and truth and freedom to us. And he wrote this in prison uh, again, and it's amazing how what he talks about while he is in a Roman prison. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, 4, verse 6 through 9, it says, Don't be anxious about anything. He's in jail. And he says, Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, petition is asking God, prayer is talking to God, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it goes on. It just gets better and better. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In other words, Paul is saying the anxiety that you and I feel in our hearts, in our minds, come from us thinking about the wrong things we're we're, we're not praying we're not speaking to God about it 
we're focused on the wrong kind of things and it causes anxiety in me and anxiety in you as well, in our minds. And he goes on and he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. How many of you say right now, I need some of that. I, I need some of that peace. Maybe right now on our online campus, just put in the chat there, I need some of that. I need some of that peace. And, and so Paul is making it really, really clear where the anxiety is, what causes the anxiety, it's the wrong, the negative thoughts that you and I have. So, so let's talk about worry and anxiety in our minds. As we've talked about in the uh, weeks past, uh, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And, and I don't know about you, but, but just this whole series in preparation and reading the book and preparing for it, uh, God's been doing a whole lot of, in, in Greg a whole lot, just, just helping me and identifying in just the tender way that he does uh, by the Holy Spirit, just some, some wrong thoughts, some wrong ideas, some strongholds that I've had in my mind. Uh, one of those strongholds is, you, you could actually ask like anybody on staff, and, and they'll tell you, what is one thing that Greg hates? Like in terms of work, or anything, what is one thing Greg hates? And you know what they'll tell you? Surprises. I hate surprises. I can't stand surprise. And it's just, it's not even at work. It's at home. I don't like surprise. Surprises make, give me anxiety. They, 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 you know, my, my heart starts racing. My mind starts racing and running and all kinds of, I, I just don't like surprises. And the reality is, it hadn't always been that way. In fact, I've had some big, for some significant birthdays early on, I, I had some major surprise parties. It was a lot of fun. I can't stand surprise parties now. And it's something that's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger in my life. And it wasn't really until this series that just, just thinking about it, praying about it, processing it, that I realized where it all happened, what it all goes back to. Because I used to really love like surprises. My 30th birthday was like this huge surprise that, that our friends in the church gave us at the Johnson's house at the time. Aaron and Karen Johnson. And I loved it. But now, uh, and it all goes back to, so I've been pastoring over 30 years now and it was about the midway point uh, you know, I'm halfway in that 30 year tenure at the time, 15 years or so. And uh, Obviously, the church was a lot smaller back then. The staff was a lot smaller. And through a series of circumstances and situation, one day I walk into the office, just the start of a week, happy as can be, and uh, we had very limited staff. Like I said, maybe two people, two other people, three. And, and one walks in, and he says, uh, listen, I'm putting in my two weeks' notice. I'm moving, and I've taken another job to pastor somewhere else. I went into shock. I, I, I was like, how is this even possible? I had no idea. And he's like, well, I didn't want you to know, so I took a trip on a Saturday, and I got back in time for a Sunday so you wouldn't find out. And just like the, this whole thing, he just lays out that for months I've been planning this. And I'd gotten some advice. Don't give Greg a heads up. Keep him in the dark. And it was like, it was like, since then, I've had like PTSD when it comes to surprises. I couldn't speak. My, my tongue got like stuck to the roof of my mouth. I mean, even talking about it right now. And God's done a whole lot even the last few weeks about this. 
my heart is just pounding because I'm feeling it again. And, and, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy to replace this staff pastor. It's going to be really, really difficult. Uh, we we're going to lose a lot of people in the church. <laughs> and, and all of that was true. And, and I totally blindsided. And in my mind, in my thoughts, surprises no more. No more surprises. Just kind of made that, and it became a stronghold. At, to the point that I really have made that real clear to everyone on staff, like, don't, don't surprise me. That's not good. Not going to go good. I don't, not, I don't like surprises. Well, through this series even, as I've been able to identify that, because since that time, uh, the, the guy's a friend, I've forgiven him. It's like nothing between us any longer. However, I still have this stronghold of I hate surprises in my mind that causes me anxiety. And so I do everything I can to try to find out, to try to plan, to try to get the information, to try to prepare because I felt completely unprepared and blindsided. And, and it, it was emotionally just, it was, it was a real pain. It caused me a lot, of, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and my family as well. So it was the aftermath of that. During this series, while I've been preparing and, and, and reading this, this great book by Pastor Craig Rochelle, you know, I've, I've just realized God just gently, first of all, identified that stronghold and, and that it wasn't what he wanted for me. And, and that the reality is not all surprises are bad. Some surprises are good. And, and I've literally had, over the years, people with good intentions want to surprise me and I've had an adverse reaction to it and so God's just doing an awful lot and it comes down to he's doing an awful lot in my life and in my heart that's just one example and when it comes right down to it is my focus where are my thoughts what are my thoughts about even something like being surprised no matter what has happened in the past that God wants to heal us and, and rewire our thoughts and our minds. So let, let's go back to that Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. And again, it says, Do not be anxious about anything. Man, surprises I was. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God, I don't want to feel this way any longer when it comes to surprises, uncertainty. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts. And that's what I need. <laughs> I think that's what you need to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the thing I think is so important, just kind of boiling it down here. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. If it's something that's on your mind, it's on God's heart. And so we need to come to him in prayer. Uh, that means when there's a big test. That, that means when you're trying to get into the college that you want to. That means when you're facing a job interview. That means when you're facing some financial fears and, and there's some uncertainty there. Bring it to God because if it's on your mind, it's on his heart. And, and he wants to not only help, he wants you to put it in his hands instead of carrying it and so that you and I are full of anxiety. Because, you know, sometimes you hear people say this, facing something really big, difficult in their life, and like, all we can do now is pray. <laughs> you know, like, like shoot up a flare, you know, just an emergency at the last minute. But the reality is prayer is powerful. It's not all you can do. Like, can you imagine uh, God's response to that? All we can do now is pray. And he's like, really? <laughs> like, 
I did create everything you see, and you as well. You don't think this is uh, something I can't handle? And, and so prayer is never our last line of defense. It's supposed to be a first line of offense. Not, not the, the flare, shoot up a flare at the last minute when the ship's sinking. But, but prayer should be our first line of offense. And this is what the, the writer of Hebrews was talking about in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. So anxiety on one side, prayer on the other. Prayer, we need to emphasize and focus more on talking to God and, and, and praying about it. The writer of Hebrews put it this way, Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's talking about prayer, coming to God in prayer. And we'll find help. We can come boldly because he wants to help. But he's not going to force his way in on you. And he's not going to force his way in on me either. That's why, you know, we have Saturday prayer here. It's a time every Saturday, 8 o'clock. And it's a powerful time where we gather together. And there's a time of personal prayer. There's a time of worship. Then there's a time of corporate prayer as well. And, and if maybe you're struggling and you're like, I'm not sure how to pray. One of the best things you can do is get yourself in an environment of praying people. Saturday morning prayer, 8 o'clock. Invite you to come. And we have different leaders in the church, and myself and, and, and pastors on staff that, that lead that on a regular basis. And, and it's hard getting here by 8 o'clock, but I'll tell you, every time I've ever been, I think anyone who's ever come will tell you the same thing. Never regretted it when we walked out. I've never regretted it when I walked out at 9 o'clock sharp for the rest of the Saturday. It just, Sunday starts on Saturday because of prayer. And so we can come boldly, and we can find help in time of need through prayer in the book of james in the new testament james put it this way he, he said yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask god for it that, that it's like god is there he wants to help he wants to come through he wants to give you strength he wants to give you wisdom he wants to you know provide for you but we don't have because we don't pray because we don't ask and James makes that so clear. You're chasing after, the context is he's like, you're chasing after all kinds of stuff, but you're not going to the one that really can give you what you need. And so you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And so I've heard it put this way before. Pastor Craig Rochelle put it this way. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If, if you're going to give mental energy to it instead of worry and anxiety, how about prayer? And that's what I've tried to flip here just over the last four weeks when, when it comes to surprises. It's just like, God, I'm just going to pray about this. And, and I'm going to allow you to give me peace because I know there's going to be surprises in the future. You just can't help it. I, I, I know that uh, not all surprises are bad, so I want to enjoy good surprises. So I'm really expecting a surprise party this year for my birthday. Susie, hint, hint. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. I'm serious. Anyway, let's move on. But, but the, whole, the whole point is just praying about, because if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And so this is a real huge key when it comes to calming our anxious minds is the importance of prayer. So why do we worry? Why, why do we panic? Why do we have anxiety like this? God would say it's because our mind is dominated by thoughts that are contrary to his, sinful thoughts. That's what the scripture would tell us. That's where the anxiety actually comes from. What is worry? If you had to break it down a biblical definition, worry is the sin. It's not a little thing. It's sin. 
Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. In other words, it's saying, God, I don't really trust you, so I've got to give all the mental energy to this and try to figure it all out, and I'm not going to pray about it. I'm going to leave you on the sideline, and I'm going to handle this without your help, without your intervention on my behalf. That's what worry really is. And it's, it's not a small thing. In fact, it, it harms us individually. It harms our marriages. It harms our families. It harms our, our businesses. Everything around us, our community. Instead of letting my, my sinful nature control my mind, what we're really supposed to do is allow the Holy Spirit to control our mind and our thinking. That's, that's what God says. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. It said, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So again, it's where is our focus? Where are, where are our thoughts? Focused on what God wants, not my will, not Greg's will, but God's be done. Then, then it's going to bring me a whole new level of peace. When I'm focused on all kinds of things and I feel like they're out of control and I've got to try to control them when I can't even control my own thoughts. Anxiety, worry, nervousness, tension. It goes on and it says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. And that's what's happening with anxiety. It's just killing us. But letting the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, control your mind leads to life and peace. When, when anyone receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, repents of their sin, and recognizes that through Jesus' sinless life, His sacrificial death, and His resurrection from the dead, that He paid the price for your personal sins, my personal sins, and we're, the Bible says, born again when we receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord and we surrender our life to Him, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, God Himself. Doesn't make me a God, but it's God on the inside speaking and leading. That's what He wants to do. The Holy Spirit. And, and that's what Paul is talking about here. So don't let your sinful nature that my will, God, not yours, control your mind that leads to death, I don't need you, God. I'm going to leave you on the sideline. I'm going to forget about you. But let the Spirit, that Holy Spirit that's now inside of you, that's inside of me because I've received Christ, Jesus is my Savior and Lord, let Him control your mind because that leads to life and it leads to peace. That's how we take every thought captive and we give it to God. Really interesting, Peter talks about this also, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So, so make this plain and simple, clear as possible, and, and I'm preaching hard to myself too, because it's more than just Greg doesn't like surprises that, that God's cleaning up and, and freeing me up from in my life. There's other things as well, and I'm sure there is in your life too, that's why we've just thought this is such a timely series and so much great feedback and response to it but anxiety is never something god wants you to experience about anything anytime it's not his will and, and so we're to cast our anxiety on him why because we're confident he cares for us he cares for you he cares for me and we can be confident in that. So maybe you, you're a parent and you're having anxiety about your teenager and what's going on in their life right now. We can cast that. We can, we can give that over. 
God, I trust you with, with my son. I trust you with my daughter. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's, it's your health. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a project that's coming up. I talked about our, our building project. You know, I, I've just found so much peace just saying, God, I trust you. When I feel that worry and anxiety start coming up because of uncertainty, I'm like, God, I trust you. I trust you. I just give that over to you. I, I'm going to do what I need to do, but I'm trusting you. Cast all your anxiety. It's like throw it on him. And, and let me encourage you also, say it out loud. Pray it out loud so your ears can hear you. Your voice coming through, God, I trust you. I choose to trust you instead of worry about this. I choose to trust you instead of being anxious about this. I found that it just, it's not the same when I just try to think that in my mind. I just say it out loud, just, just like that. Just like I'm saying it to you, that's how I say it to God in prayer. No, no fancy words or anything. God, I trust you. And, and, and I'm just giving this over to you because I know you care for me. You care for me. And so some of my big worries that I have to cast to God, that I have to give to him, my biggest worry in all my life is something happening to my wife, is losing Susie. Because I, I, I've seen firsthand that happen to some folks and, and that, that I just don't even know if I could handle that. And so we always like jokingly say like we're gonna we're gonna die together holding hands just just in our sleep and I hope that's the way it is and we talk about it. I'm like uh, I sure I do hope I go way ahead of you because I just I just can't see my life without her in it that that's my that's my biggest worry so when she goes just for her annual you know physical I'm like hamada 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 just worry about it but I've got God I trust you she's yours. I trust you, Lord. I, I, I give her to you. She's yours. Another big worry that I have just as a pastor that I have to, I have to cast onto God is, is saying something or doing something unintentionally that is misunderstood. You know, you know is the stakes are high. And, and sometimes I'm, I'm not the the best communicator in the world and, and, and just saying something that, that, that someone thinks they misheard what I said or something like that and, and like, whoa, I didn't mean that and it causes somebody pain or hurt or hardship. That, that I, I worry about that. I just think about that constantly. Just leading a church. And, and it's something that I get real anxious about if I don't, like God, I just, I'm trusting you. Give me your words. I'm gonna do the best I can here. And I'm just asking for your grace and, and I'm not going to worry about that any longer. I trust you, God, because you care for me. And, and so I, I think what it is is not just cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know what? He doesn't want just your anxiety. I think, I think God wants our whole life. I think he wants everything. We, we need to just give him our whole life, not just our worries, and let, the, let, let our worries be hidden in Christ Jesus. He can handle them much better than you and I can. 
What are we responsible for? Because I'm not talking about just denying that we have no responsibility. I mean, I got a lot of responsibility. You got a lot of responsibility. You know, marriage and family and, and work and, you know, wh- whatever. A lot of responsibility. It's not irresponsible or being denied. It's just I'm going to trust God and I'm going to be better when I trust Him than I'm ever going to be when I'm anxious. And, and I'm allowing anxiety to eat up my life. And, and so... First thing is this, just a few kind of like key values I think in life is, is do what you can do. It doesn't mean we're going to be passive. Trust doesn't mean you're going to be passive. It, it just means I'm not going to carry that weight of the, what could happen. And, and so I'm going to do what I can do. What does that mean? Like, like it, it means I'm not going to pray like God help me lose weight and I'm just going to eat a whole other bag of potato chips. Uh, that, that means I'm going to eat right. That means if, if, if I'm facing an exam or, or some sort of test in school, I'm going to study for that exam. It, it means if, if I'm having financial pressure, I'm going to budget and I'm going to stay within my budget. But God, I'm asking you to bless my finances, but I'm not going to overspend anymore. So there's a lot that's not passive. We're still very much responsible. And then I'm going to give God what only he can do that I cannot do. I say that to our staff all the time. We're going to do everything that we can do, but then we're going to trust God to do what only he can do. So we're going to work hard, but, but we are trusting God to add what only he can add to the work that we do. And we're going to trust God no matter what, knowing that he cares for us. He cares for us in good times. He cares for us in bad times. And so we can cast all of our anxiety. Some translations even of 1 Peter here say, cast all your cares, all the stuff we care about. Not just makes us anxious, but that we care about. Cast them on him, because he cares for us. And so, if you can just imagine that as, as we do that, and I, I, I'm experiencing it in a new way in my own life here recently through this series and this book by, by Craig Groeschel, just my heart is so much more at peace. I, I, I'm experiencing more joy. Uh, my mind is at peace. The more that I'm trusting him, the more this is just kind of calming down and settling down inside. And I think God wants that. He, did, he didn't just want that for me. He wants it for you too. And he wants it for you and me all the time from this day forward. It is possible and it's also a choice. <laughs> it is possible, but it's a choice. You and I have to make that choice. God, I choose to trust you with this instead of in, be anxious about it and worry about it and really by doing that sin against you i want you involved and so it is possible so let me just the remaining time we have together let me just button up this series kind of like do a review uh, and and let's just look at kind of these four keys that we've looked at each week and i encourage you if you've missed one of these uh messages to to just go back and uh pick it up it's in our archive on our on our website and uh, maybe you want to re-listen to one or something like that. But some of the things we've looked at is, is this. Your life is moving in direction of your strongest thoughts. Do you like the direction of your thought, that your thoughts are taking you? That, that we're creating our future by the thoughts that we have. Do you like where you're headed? Because if you're negative, you're going to have a negative life. If you're positive, you're going to have a positive life. And, and so uh, life is hard. I know you can be tired. Sometimes you feel like you can't keep up. So you feel like you can't, uh, you're just overwhelmed. But here's the thing we talked about also. If you don't, uh, I, I'm sorry, if you don't control 
what you think, you'll never control what you do. So many times we try to control other people in other situations, but if we can't control what we think, we're never going to be able to control what we actually do. And so the four keys that we've learned over these last four weeks is this. First of all, identify truth, write it, write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it till you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it till you believe it. Write it, think it, kind of like a little chant going there. Maybe put that in the little chat right now on the online campus. Write it, com- think it, confess it till you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. That's the first way of tearing down these strongholds that we have in our mind. Jesus is first, is going to be first in your life. I exist to glorify him. I'm disciplined. Christ is in me. He's stronger than the wrong desires that are in me. I'm growing closer to Jesus every single day because of Christ. My family is closer. My body is stronger. My faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. I'm creative, innovative, driven, focused, blessed beyond measure because of the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of me. Whatever is contrary to that, write it, think it, confess it. The truth of God's word until you believe it. Identify the lie. What is God's truth? Write it down, think it, confess it until you really believe it and it gets deep down inside. That was the first week. Second week we talked about declare what's true about you. Declare it. Make a declaration. Pastor Stephen did such a great job with this. Remember, you're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. They're mighty in God for pulling down, demolishing strongholds. You have divine power to to, to demolish strongholds in your mind, demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's what's available to you. That's what's available to me through God's word and the power of his Holy Spirit. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. And so we don't have to give in. We don't have to be overcome. We don't have to lose the war to worry in our minds. You're not a slave to your old habits. You're not a prisoner to addiction. You've been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. That was week number two. Week number three, last week we talked about reframe your mind and restore your perspective. And I can't tell you how many times, like I've just, I, I, I was going to bring my frame from last week, and if you weren't here last week, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I encourage you to go back and watch uh, the video, but uh, that frame that I took from home uh, that I used as an illustration last week, I was going to bring it back home and put the picture back in it. Instead, I was like, no, 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 I think I'm going to leave it in my office. And I'm keeping it on my desk so that when things start happening, I'm like, oh, no, this is terrible. Why me? Oh, this is just awful. I can reframe it. And, I, and you know, uh, it's there. So also, you know, <laughs> my wife can hold up that frame. Uh, Greg, time to reframe uh, this. Or if not, just going to go like that, reframe it. That, that we need to reframe your mind and restore your perspective. I've been doing some reframing this week. I've been doing my homework through this, through this series for sure, and I hope you have uh, been as well. So we're never going to interpret circumstances. We're never going to interpret God through the circumstances around us. We're going to interpret the circumstances through God, the frame of God's perspective. It's so really important as we talked about last week. And then this week, finally, cover everything you do in prayer. Cover everything you do in prayer. 
Not, not, we're not going to be anxious about anything, but we're going to pray about everything. Prayer and petition. Through prayer and petition, we're going to present our request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is going to guard our hearts and it's going to guard our minds. Let God empower you to win the war in your mind. He wants to. He wants to do it for you. He wants to do it for me. And we will know the truth. And the truth will set us free. Truth has a name. His name is Jesus. And whom the Son sets free, the Bible says, is free indeed. In every way, every shape, every form, every area. That's the life that Jesus came to give you and to give me. To win the war in our minds. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this month of messages, this, this series. God, we just pray you bless Pastor Craig Groeschel for writing this. Thank you for, for just your Holy Spirit directing him to do that. And what a great tool that, that we have available to us that just explains how we can be victorious and pull down strongholds by your power, the power of your word. God, I, I pray that, that even as we close this series, Lord, but we wouldn't forget what we've learned. But Lord, we continue to use these principles, these tools that you've given to us through your word, Lord, to help us to walk in freedom every day from this day forward and that we would be free in our minds and we would win the war that's in our minds every single day by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. We give you the glory and we're gonna pray instead of worry and be anxious. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, if you've never put your life, surrendered your life into his hands, that's how the Holy Spirit comes inside. That's how he guides us. That's how we can have peace. Is only through him. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now, right where you are, to just pray and receive Jesus as your Savior and just put your life in his hands. I'm just going to ask you, just, just repeat this prayer after me right now and open your heart up to him. And in this moment, he, you'll be forgiven. He will be your Savior and Lord, and the Holy Spirit will come into your life and begin to lead you and guide you. And that's what makes this peace possible that we're talking about. The peace of God ruling our heart. Just repeat this prayer after me right now if you've never done it before. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. I'm no longer going to be anxious and worry about things, but I'm going to pray, 
and I'm going to put it in your hands and trust you because I know you care for me. Amen.